0: betterhelp.com slash save got it
2: on today's episode of for the love of the game we are breaking down the nba bubble we got our first glimpse of how games are going to look during the nba when the season's restarts the scrimmage games are happening right now The NBA is doing a great job of what they're doing to surround the court with different graphics and stuff to try to replicate home court advantage for the home team. So we'll get into that. We'll also start talking about Lou Williams and the incident that he had over the weekend, leaving the bubble to go to a funeral, and then making a quick pit stop to get some chicken wings and possibly indulge in some some adult entertainment. We're also going to talk about Major League Baseball. They have had a breakout uh, with the Miami Marlins of COVID tests with 14 players and staff testing positive for COVID-19. How's that going to affect the rest of the season? And what the NFL might do because they're kind of in the same situation as far as having to travel uh, with a lot of players and coaches um, with their teams not really able to do a bubble-like atmosphere like the NBA is is doing. Then, of course, as always, we are going to be talking about our golf picks for the week. We recap the 3M Open, and then we get into talking about the FedEx St. Jude classic and give you our picks for this week in the golfing world um, and also the last thing i do want to mention is we also implement a new segment called the square jar so we'll get into that as well make sure you guys stay tuned on another episode of for the love of the game from the gridiron to the hardwood to the grass and dirt whatever your favorite sport is you're sure to be entertained and if it's walking around money you're looking for
3: you've come to the right place it's for the love of the game podcast and it's hosted by Mark
2: Bellville and Steve Lewis. What's going on, everybody? It's Monday night. You know what that means. It's time for another episode of For the Love of the Game. This is episode 21. As always, we are presented by the Unwrap Sports Network. Make sure to give them a follow at Unwrap Sports on Twitter and on Instagram. Also, want to talk a little bit about Rx Hemp B. Um, they are a CBD pain treatment cream for all your body aches. Make sure you check them out at rxhemp.com and use code RxHemp dash usn to save 10% off your whole order Uh, make sure you guys go check them out Um, as always I'm joined by my guy Steve Lewis what's going on Steve how was your weekend
3: It was wonderful Mark how was your weekend
2: it was great actually had three days off I was off since Friday so anytime you get a long weekend like that it's it's always good
3: you got some great color did you go to the beach or something
2: I did go to the beach for like a long time like, yeah. my kids absolutely love the beach. You take them there at like nine in the morning and they just stay throughout the whole day. We don't leave till like six o'clock at night.
3: Do you like, show them the sandcastle game?
2: Oh, yeah. I build a pretty strong sandcastle. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can you also love- body surf. I can boogie board. Like, I'm a jack of all trades.
3: You can body surf too,
2: huh? <laughs> Yeah, whatever. You know, like, you don't have a boogie board, you body surf waves.
3: Yeah, I know what body surf okay.
2: is. Okay. So don't laugh like it's not a thing.
3: No, oh, I just can't see you body surfing. That's all.
2: Uh, that's i mean it's kind of fucked up but i mean no i'm not saying it like that i I mean body surfing that's all come on man (laughs) (laughs) by the way man what's that you got over there man i see that can't really make it out what it says but what's that jar you got in front of you
3: oh this right here yeah Uh, oh well this, this uh this is a gift from my mother um to both of us actually eileen yes um I went over there yesterday. She made a wonderful lasagna. Shout out to the lasagna, mom. It was fantastic. Thank you for that. (laughs) She gives me this present. She's like, I got a present for you and Mark. Come over and get it. Um, So I go over this and she gives me this. It's a swear jar. Okay. I say, why are you giving me a swear jar? She's like, because you guys swear too much. And I think that you should have a swear jar. And I said, all right. Well, all right. I'll make sure I put it on the show. So here it is. Swear jar. So, uh, what we're gonna do is, and I, and I think this is a great idea. We're gonna, you know, you swore last week, so every time we swear, we're gonna throw it. Do- we're, we're gonna throw a dollar into the jar. All right. And I think me and Mark talked about this pre-show. What we're gonna do is, every time we swear, we're gonna throw a dollar into the jar. And what we're gonna do is, we're gonna add it up, and we're gonna. I think we talked about uh, the Masters. Yes. We're going to make a bet with all the money that we add. Hopefully, it's not too much because, Mom, we don't want to disappoint you. We do not want to swear too much. It's not about that. But however money, much money we,
2: we get in we But this, at, at least it. if we do swear.
3: Yes. We're <laughs> going to take the money out of this jar, and we're going to put it on one player in the Masters, and we're going to bet it. And if that player wins, what we're going to do is we're going to donate the proceeds to the Rhode Island Food Bank. So with our flaws... And our potty mouths, we hope to be able to feed the wonderful people of Rhode Island. You know, so it. it's a great gesture.
2: So, th- so I hope not to upset Eileen with any of the, uh, the vulgar language. But at least she knows that if she does hear a swear word that it's potentially going to a great cause.
3: Yes. So for every swear word, we'll <laughs> donate a dollar. So thank you again for the wonderful gift. And it means the world to us. And hopefully we'll be able to feed a lot of people with that. So thank you.
2: Awesome, and that brings me to my next point. And I'm thinking, you know, that swear jar just made me think of like a, a great segment we can do, and we can even start it right now and have a a segment a segment called the swear jar, where we just talk about. Obviously, we do the show once a week, so we have a whole week of things that go on. We can do, just talk about our top moments. Maybe you and I each pick one that kind of made us say, "What the fuck!" Like just oh, our oh, top. Oh, oh, yep. oh, oh, oh.
3: that counts.
2: That counts? Okay. Even when I'm explaining, like, what's going on? Yes,
3: that counts? Yes. That's a, yeah, that's it. You said the F word. I so. guess. So
2: put it. Is that a dollar? Put it in there. All right. Two dollars. We're up to two dollars. All right. All right. All righty. So. Um, <laughs> sorry, <Mom>. So, <laughs> Sorry, Eileen. But basically, like what I was saying, we can talk about our, our what the F moments of the week that kind of made us say had to scratch in our head and just saying, what the F, guys? Like, what's going on here? So I think this is a great day to start that, a great show to start that segment. So in our first Swear Josh segment, Steve, what was your kind of what the F moment of the week?
3: Well, I picked Max Homa to win the tournament, at the 3M yesterday, 66 to 1 odds. Played fantastic. Did not finish well. He missed three putts inside, eight feet for birdie. Should have won. And I definitely want to say, what the fuck, Max Homa. You cost me some money yesterday. Well worth the dollar. It's going in, it. in the bank. Put it in. One, two, three. Thanks Dude, for like nothing, $3 Max like three dollars in We're like
2: on, on pace for like a lot of money, and that's you are
3: three dollars already. To the so patient. I was in
2: the same boat as you, man. Like the Max Homer situation. Like we had both, and and I and I took your back. You you had texted me the night before. You said, "Dude, hammer Max Homer. Like look look at his updated odds." You, you said the, the winner was going to come from, you know, you, uh, was back. He was, what, five or six shots back to start? Like you said the winner was going to go low. No, um, no, no, no.
3: Slow down. He was three shots back to begin the day. And let's okay, let's do okay. the math. So our prediction at the beginning of the, uh, the, beginning of the I'm week. I'm sorry. You better. said he was
2: going to go seven under, I think. That was what you the said. prediction
3: at the beginning of the week was that the winner was going to win uh, finish between 17 under and 20 under. The winner finished with 19 under. Okay. Yep. He shot seven under six under and then he had one poop round of plus one didn't really make much sense his iron play was unbelievable so we just said six under yesterday was probably going to put him in great contention and probably win um he was 12 to 1 going into yesterday on top of the 66 to 1 odds it was a great play we watched that round full i don't think you have any regrets besides the fact that Maybe go to a mini-putt course today, Max Holman. Maybe practice your game a little bit because his putting was that piss poor yesterday.
2: So, yeah, it sucks, too, because we also we also said, like, find guys, like, target great iron players going into this tournament, and his iron game was just on point. He was knocking stuff to inside 10 feet all day, but he just couldn't putt. And, like, in our heads, like, just we were like, oh, you don't really need to be a great putter because that course, like we had talked about um the greens were gonna be a little fast, but they weren't really um they were flat. They didn't have a lot of undulations in the green, they weren't really hilly. Um so the puts, you know, especially if you can stick them inside 10 feet were gonna be pretty simple for these PGA tour guys. This guy's a professional golfer, you know, and then going into um 17, um, uh, I believe why he was one shot back uh, going into 17. And he's and he's and you know, I had even said it to you. I said the way he's hitting his irons has a par three, the The pin was like right in front of the green, it was over the water. You know, I had even said to Steve, I was like, if this this guy's gonna stick this shot, like the way he's hitting this ball right now, he's gonna stick it. And what does he do? He sticks it to like five feet. And we're like, dude, this guy's gonna he's gotta make this putt. Cause then you got a par five coming up on eighteen, and like on a par five, obviously anything is possible. Matt Wolf parred uh I mean eagled that par five last year to win that tournament. So, I mean, anything is possible. I guess they're going into a par five. But we had just seen three holes earlier, him miss a seven-foot putt for birdie that he stuck that we also thought he was going to make. And Max would just lines up this five-foot putt and just it had the angle of it showed the ground angle of right behind the putter. So you, as a fan watching it on TV, could see the read. You could see the putt was just outside left edge. And he just pushes this thing right like it wasn't even close. So you could just tell his game his putting game for whatever reason just was not on. And if he wasn't able to putt he wasn't going to wasn't going to come back.
3: And you had a great quote uh, prior to that like he ended up having the whole prior to it. He had like a three foot birdie putt and he almost missed that prior to going into that. So. We watched that next thing, and I don't think any of us had any confidence that that putt
2: was It was was funny because we had said, like, he had, he missed that seven footer on 14, and then on 15, he sticks it to three feet. So we're like, oh, he's obviously making this. And then it shows the putt, and it, like, was not the cleanest putt. Like, this thing, you could see it spinning in the hole. Like, it just didn't go in and drop clean. It was kind of outside. It spun around a little bit. It just, just, there was no confidence in the putter, and it kind of, you know, as much as we wanted him, we thought he could, because like you said, he's a BJ Tour golfer, man. These guys make these putts with their eyes closed inside ten feet all day, um, and he just couldn't find his stroke on the greens, and and I think that cost him a a chance to win this tournament. Because if he can get in the clubhouse and if he can post a number, Michael Thompson plays those final holes completely differently. Um, so he could he could have definitely won that tournament had he made a few other extra putts.
3: No, I agree, and and he carded a seven under card on uh, Saturday, and he could have easily carded a ten under card. Like it was the same thing. Like as good as yeah. that number was on Saturday, that number could have been a lot better. So, like we we made the comment, um, I believe it was Monday that like we didn't really care about subpar putters. Uh, we just wanted guys that could have attacked the pins, and we were right. Like we like Homa was able to attack the pins, but man, like his putter just really let him down. And I'm sure if you asked him today. Um, I'm sure he's kicking himself big time too.
2: So. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, um, I'll start with my, what the fuck moment.
3: Yep, Hold on.
2: That's fine. Put it in. I can wait a little bit. There you go. We're up to $4 now. So my, what the F moment of the week, uh, was as you can guys can probably guess, uh, was Lou Williams. Um, as the story goes, Lou Williams left the bubble to go attend a funeral for a, um, not a family member it was a close family friend that meant a lot to him growing up. Um, it was very close with him so he goes out there and uh, after the funeral he ends up going over to Magic City, which for you guys who don't know is a restaurant with a strip club attached to it. Um, so he caught a lot of you know slack for that. Um, he had uh, rapper Jack Harlow um, go with him. And he's posting. Jack Carlo was posting pictures all over his IG story. Um, immediately deleted it after. Um, so word got out, obviously that it was there, and obviously with the NBA having a bubble atmosphere, anything that puts that at jeopardy, which is going out in public, um, a lot of people um, are really, you know, going after Lou Will for him. You know, and even though I don't think Lou Will should be getting as much, uh, you know, f- slack for this, um, I do think it was just a dumb move to go to a strip club. like if it had been in my opinion if it had been a regular restaurant if he was just going out getting food or if he had somebody go pick up the food for him i think it would have been much better just just how it looks it just looks bad because of the strip club aspect of it you know like i had said i've said this in the prior days you know talking with people if he had just went out to a normal restaurant keep the whole scenario the same if he's at a normal restaurant without a strip club attached to it this is a non-story we're not even talking about it do you know what i mean but since he did go to a strip club, everybody's like, oh, he left a bubble to go, you know, indulge in extracurricular adult activities. You know, the narrative that was being written in all the headlines you saw was Lou Williams leaves bubble to go to strip club, which was not the case. Lou Williams left the bubble to go attend a funeral of a family friend. Um, so I think it, it, Lou Will kind of got painted, you know, in the wrong light as as the bad guy here. Um, and I don't think he deserves all of that. But I do think you've got to be better, Lou Williams. Like, you can't just, you know, you're leaving the bubble. You're supposed to be quarantined. You can't just go to a strip club, even though it's got your favorite wings at it. What do you think, Steve?
3: Well, what what we know about Magic City is he has his own wings there. They're actually called the Lou Williams Lemon Pepper Wings. So and everything we know about his Twitter account prior to this engagement of him going there says that he really does like the wings at magic city so i do believe that he does like the magic city wings now for people that don't know the magic city scene i didn't really know about the magic city scene it's a strip club and it's basically a place where all the big time producers in georgia atlanta georgia bring their music prior to releasing it into the public it's basically like the trial zone so i'll bring up like the uh the yin yang twins little john um salt shaker like that was like the first time that they brought that song they brought that song to that strip club uh, the strip club and they knew it popped like so then it got it got released mainstream like that's how they knew so like that's basically the jump off speed so if they know it ha- it pops at magic city they know it's gonna pop everywhere else so like that's basically what magic city does so
2: if a stripper can shake their ass to this song does, that count? Does that, ca- does that
3: count does that i don't know Is
2: ass a swear word
3: yeah, it's, it's for the food so.
2: thing So all the iffy words, we're just going to put a dollar
3: in. <laughs> if not, I don't even this, know she, where she, we are she, right now.
2: If Eileen's listening, she, can, she needs to give us a <laughs> list of words that we cannot say or that we make us put a dollar into the square jar.
3: So so that's basically what it is. So like you kind of said, like you're living in a, the, the time of social media. So be with people that are going to put their phones away first off don't be with people that are going to take pictures. Secondly, Jack Harlow basically took the pictures, outed you. And then I thought the response was funny. He basically tried to cover his tracks and say, <laughs> oh, like that's, that's an old picture of me and Lou. Like I was just reminiscing cause I missed, I was missing him. But then in the picture, it's Lou Williams. Yeah. yeah. Lou Williams has got the mask on that only players in the NBA bubble receive when they're in Orlando. So basically, no. Like it's a new pitcher. So like that just happened. <laughs> so whether or not he was just there for the wings is another story. But if he was just there for the wings, don't even go inside. Have somebody go inside for you and retrieve the wings. Like you yeah. don't need to go in there. Like you know how bad it looks. Your team is down there getting ready to begin the season. You're in a quarantine. Obviously, you left for for a crappy situation, a funeral, you pay your respects get back to your team. You're competing for a championship. Now you're going to miss the first two uh, regular season games, the first Mm -hmm. game versus the Lakers. You're playing for seeding. So, I mean, I don't know how much that matters at this point. I mean, they're probably not going to finish worse than the two or three anyway. So they're not going to meet the Lakers one way or another, but at the same time, you're still trying to build continuity with one another. So I don't know how this plays in the locker room with one another, but I also don't know how the players view view Lou Williams either. Anyway. So,
2: like you said, what I've been saying is, well, what I'm sorry, what I've been hearing is that like all these NBA players are coming to Lou Williams back, like uh, back they're t- they're having his back on this because um, Kendrick Perkins um, tweeted out like Lou Williams is going to be better than this. Lou Will responded like, hey, I've been in the league 15 years and all you got all- the only dirt you guys have on. Who
0: are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text,
1: video chat, call?
0: Yep. That sounds too easy.
1: How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com save
0: betterhelp.com slash save got it
2: because i got wings during a pandemic you know the mantras harrells like get your story straight perk you got to know all the you know all the details first like so even his teammates and other nba players are coming to his back and, and having his back on this so i don't think it's going to have any issues chemistry wise you know the only issue is is like now like during media availability like th- their team has to answer questions about it like Kawhi leonard is going to be asked why was you know how do you feel about will going to a strip club you know, and then typical Kauai fashion will probably just brush it off. But like, that's a question that you shouldn't even have to answer while being down there, down there at the bubble. So um, stupid move by him to go to that certain place. But like I said, if it had been a different restaurant without a strip club, I don't even think it's a story. So if he had just gone there to get food and didn't indulge in any extracurricular activities, like the people who are talking are thinking like he's getting a lap dance with chicken wing hanging out of his mouth. Like I don't think that. Like I wasn't there, but I mean, like, I don't think that's what was going down. Like I do think Lou Williams is smarter than that, yeah. and the fact, yeah, and the fact that Lou Williams even tweeted about it before the picture got released. Like, hey, it was I was just there for wings. so He used the hashtags in and out and hashtag masked on. Um, you know, he's owning up to it. He's not trying to hide anything. This is before he was outed. Yeah, but so.
3: I think the I, I think the idea is he's going to a crowded scene, right? You're yeah. going to you're going to a a, a, a venue with uh, a place that. Obviously, we know Georgia's fully open. They've always been fully open. Yeah. So, I mean, they don't really care about, like, like how other states are continuing to, to social distance. So, <laughs> I don't know how they're handling the strip joints down there. I'm assuming they handle it a lot differently than a lot of the other states around here. I know there's, like, places that do drive-by strip joints, like, where you stay in your car and then the ladies come out and they're out in the polls. What and they're, the
2: hell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the hell uh, is
3: that? A lot of places. I've been hearing that the places have been doing that in Vegas. So... You know, like anywhere that you go in inside, Vegas, you just
2: got it on the streets out there.
3: Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like anywhere that you have to go inside, and people are sweating on one another and yeah. there's suggestion, Like that's just a bad look in general. So whether or not he's going in that part or another part, like just just don't be in that part in in general. Like just just don't be there. So just go do what you need to do, pay your specs, and and, and get back to your team as soon as possible. And like I said, like it is what it is. Just like move on but like the nba has been an adventure so far it really has i mean but and all in all, I mean, they're the one league that doesn't have any positive tests, so let's hope that that continues. Yeah,
2: currently don't have any positive tests, and kind of that's kind of a good segue into the NBA and into the bubble. Um, we've actually just recently seen our first round of uh, scrimmage games down there, which is pretty cool to see because going into this, we knew where the games were going to be be played, but we didn't know kind of how they were going to be played or what the setup was going to look like, especially with no fans. We've we've had, obviously have never seen that before. Um, what is your kind of take, Steve, on, on the games down there? Not necessarily the product on the court and how the teams are playing, but kind of just how the NBA is putting on these games with the jumbotrons and the graphics and the sounds and the music and everything like that. And, and, um, it kind of looks like they took a page out of the TBT's book as well with some of the things they're doing. So, uh, what do you think? How, how do you think they're presenting the games down there?
3: I mean I like it better than the fake fans that that the MLB is doing with the with the cutouts.
2: The cardboard cutouts behind the home plate?
3: Yeah, I mean it's yeah. better than ha- it's better than having empty seats. Um I mean it was a little different at first. I thought it was a little cheesy. Um but I mean you got to have some little relation with the with the fans. I think it's kind of like I mean seeing like the uh the commentators being like locked away in their own booths. I mean I think uh for as Celtics fans uh, Cedric and uh Greeny um, the radio yeah. guys, they're, they're still in Boston. They're calling the games from from home. So, I mean, they're not even at that venue right now. So, all in all, the court—the courts look fine. Um, the, the the spacing on the benches between the players look fine. Yeah. I just don't really understand why players that are not playing have to wear masks Um, in general. Like, I saw Kemba wearing yeah. a
0: mask.
3: And that doesn't really make much sense. If you're getting tested every day, like, what does it matter if you're wearing a mask or not wearing a mask?
2: Yeah, like why is – like why does Kemba have to wear a mask and not like – I get Kemba's not playing, but he's the same as if Grant Williams is on the bench, right? Or any other player – and They're not – he's not, he's not going into the game, but, like, why – It doesn't. I, he was fully dressed too. He was in his uniform and everything on the bench, just wasn't playing. So I I, I don't understand that either. That kind of doesn't make much sense to me. And even, like, not even all the coaches are wearing masks. Like, uh, just stick on the Celtics. Like, we saw Joe Mazzula wear a mask, a couple other guys, but then, like, Jay Laranega and, like, the top assistants, they weren't wearing masks. Yeah, so I, I don't know, know kind of how that's – I really don't know. We'll have to figure that out. Like, I, don't, I, don't know really I know how, how the that, TV – I know how the t-
3: yeah, I know the TBT worked. It was everybody that was video crews had to wear masks. Um, anybody that wasn't part of staffs had to wear masks, which made complete sense to me. But, like, these players that are not playing in the games, like, I don't really... And, and it's not just with the Celtics. It was with a lot of the other teams, too. Like, I started with Markel Fultz. Like, like if these guys aren't in the games, like, they're now wearing masks. So I, I don't really understand yeah. why that is, if they're, if they're being tested consistently. Uh, they really haven't brought any attention to that. But as far as, like... The, uh, the camera angles, the crowd pumping noise, like, the, I mean, the shoe squeaking did bother me a little bit at the beginning. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't really think that that would bother me at all. But you I haven't really
2: heard, like, like, I mean, you can hear them talk a little bit, but it really hasn't been as noticeable as yeah. a, like I thought it might have been. You know what I mean? Between the music that they're kind of playing as as they're bringing the ball up and things like that, um, you know, I think they're doing a good job to try to emulate um, home court advantage the best they can for the home teams. Um, And that's kind of what they've been experimenting with. These, these few scrimmage games, like again, we'll keep it on the Celtics. Um, The Celtics, you know, had the video board with all their graphics on it. When they were being introduced, they were playing um, crazy train, like how they do right at the garden. So it's the same song, same everything. And they even had fans um, clips of fans from prior games around on the, on the video board. So these guys are getting introduced. The fans are going wild. They're playing the same music Um, just to give them that, some sort of home court feel uh, there. Um, I think that's they're doing a great job because as the home team or a team with home court, I mean, you've got to do something to have, I mean, even the slightest edge. I don't know if it's going to give anybody an edge, but you got to at least attempt it.
3: No, it's not. I think it's just more for the visual effect of the fans at home. Yeah. Just to kind of make you feel a part of it and to kind of understand, like, I guess, who, who is the home team and who is the away team. Um, but it's, it's yeah. better than and one working, of the like
2: things. I said. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, one of the cool things they're actually – Um, going to do. um, And this just dropped over the weekend. Um, I believe Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer um, dropped this news, but the NBA is going to allow 300 fans, actual fans virtually of uh, whatever team is the home team to actually be on live on the court, on the video board. So it's not going to be pictures of past fans or from past games. It's going to be actual live fans and they're going to have what they call a tap to chair button where on the NBA app, they tap the button to chair or um, they use the hashtag, a certain hashtag on, on Twitter to cheer. So you're going to actually have real fans virtually at these games, no cardboard cutouts like the MLB. Uh, so I think that's pretty cool to keep these these fans interactive. And that's just the NBA being the NBA and being the best league and, and getting their fa- being innovative and getting their fans involved. Um, do you think that's a pretty good thing that the NBA is doing to get these fans involved? Or is there anything else that you think you might like to see them do um, during these games?
3: When you say tap to cheer, what do you mean?
2: so like there's a button on like your phone so like there's like an nba app so like there'd be a button on there to cheer so like maybe it says like let's go Celtics!" <laughs> and then you hit the button you know what i mean because they're probably not going to have any audio i would say because i mean then you get the guys sorry eileen but they're going to get the guys there saying like go oh, fuck you this guy you know that guy right <laughs> uh, Like, but you know what i mean they're gonna have those guys you know be talking or flipping the bird like, like you know what i mean Like you are gonna be on the video board just like ah. you know like you can't have that like mid-game going around the court
3: no i understand you know? that
2: i, I get so all I that don't, I they'll just, be I like they'll asking
3: be, what the tap the chair was like
2: that's all yeah exactly. so that's what you think you like you, you i would think like it has all the details haven't come out about it but i would have to think that's what it's going to be because you can't just give 300 random people free reign or <laughs> say whatever they want you yeah, know what so. i'm mean? saying
3: I understand. I mean, like I said, like they can, they can try and experiment all they want with this stuff. I I don't think they can get much better with it. I think just the product itself being on the court is the most important thing. Right, Mark? Like, so, so as long as we've got basketball, I think, fans just have to be happy with that in general. And as long as they're trying to make any sort of motion to have any sort of home feel to it, I think that's just the best thing in general too. So I was a little shocked by them even like doing that with the fans. I thought that was a cool idea. And with just watching major league baseball. Like I said, which just seeing the cardboard cutouts. I thought that's cheesy in itself. So yeah. So I, I like it. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. With it.
2: Awesome. Perfect. Hey, speaking of major league baseball, I guess we can hop from, you know, from one league that's kind of doing everything right to another league that's kind of doing, we think things, pretty you know, the wrong way. There was a big story today uh, that the Miami Marlins um, had 14 players and um, staff members test positive for coronavirus. And I think it came out later that like another five additional um, had tested positive as well. So it's definitely looking like what they're doing as far as the traveling and, and stuff like that isn't working. Uh Nobody's really sure what's going to happen now. Are they going to continue this season? Do they postpone it again and start it up another way? Um, what do you think, Steve? Like the MLB, like you, what's your takeaway from how they've started this season and what they're doing, especially compared to like a league like the NBA, who kind of seems to have gotten everything right?
3: Well, it basically is a testament to like what they were doing all off season in general. So you have the differences between the NBA and the NHL, which was two leagues that were just trying to restart and finish their seasons. So they were just trying to figure out how to do that successfully. And, and they did like, you know, the NHL has two bubbles and, and, and a containment and the NBA has got one bubble and, and baseball was just all about negotiations and money. And that was the big thing. It it was all about who was going to get paid what and, and just getting the product back in the field whenever they could do it. And their idea was not so much to put put teams in a bubble. It was just to regionize things. And when I say regionize things, it was basically take each division and then take the division from the other league and say, all right, we're going to take the American League East and then we're going to pair it with the National League East. And then that will be a way to simmer down travel. And we'll have these teams play as many games against one another and that will take down travel. The problem with that is, they're still traveling from the one part of the coast down to the other part of the coast consistently so mm-hmm. with all that travel like things like this are going to happen and what we've seen with the testing is like guys can get tested one day and you're not they're not finding out the results to the next day anyways so by that point like the spread is already real and if the spread's already real at that point it's just going to go to the moon so like that's kind of what <laughs> happened. That's just kind of what happened with the Marlins, like, you know, yeah. one guy got it, and then next thing you know, six guys and seven guys got it. And then you gotta shut down the other team that they're playing immediately, and then you gotta do the same thing with the other thing. And and that's basically what it was. It went with three games through. So yeah. when any time that you have to do any any amount of travel from stadium to stadium in this time and go from hot zones to different hot zones, like this is what's going to happen. Like, so I'm not surprised by this at all. I don't I had to think that they had to have some sort of idea that something like this was going to happen at some point. I, I feel didn't like think they, they had to have
2: some sort of backup plan. right? Like I feel like you can't just like if you start canceling games like it's going to be so hard to continue the season or finish the season. They I feel like they have like no quarantine plan in place maybe per se kind of like the NBA does you test positive, boom, you you get quarantined, things like that. Um I mean, do you think this season continues? Do you think it? I mean, it's obviously going to continue for the mean, for, you know, in the short future. But as far as in the long run, does this thing keep going? Or I mean, how many, you know, positive tests do we say before they, they just cancel this season?
3: Well, I think you got you got to worry about a couple things. You got to worry about one, the spread of it, and, mm-hmm. and and then two, you got to worry about the players standing up for themselves, being like, is this really worth it? Because the players can say at any point saying like, this is not worth it, and they can demand to stop. You know, yeah. so that's basically what it comes down to. It Do I think it's going to? Do I think they'll figure out a way to get it done? Yeah. I think there's always just too much money on the line for them not
2: to. Money finish. always wins. Money always wins, right?
3: Exactly. But at the same time, like, it's just kind of like a prelude to what the NFL is going to do. Like, that, these teams are going to be traveling across countries all the time with one another. They don't have a bubble situation set up for, for these NFL teams. And they have mm-hmm. bigger rosters. So, oh, and, yeah. And, and if one guy gets it, then a bunch of guys are going to get it. And then what do you do at that point? And, and I heard a big discussion the other day. And, and, and as a Patriots fan, like my coach is 69 years old, you know, like he's, he's, do you, in want, that, you,
2: want, do you want Bill Bill Belichick getting the Corona man.
3: But that's what I'm saying. Like he's in that age bracket, like where all of a sudden, like if, if Corona finds the coach, like, you know, like he, like that, that's, that's a bad sign. So like, you know, like yeah. you gotta worry about everybody in these situations and and if you can't find a, a reasonable way to get these teams isolated and keep them confined to certain areas and kind of like get them settled into one place, kind of like what the NBA and the NHL has done, mm-hmm. then I don't really have any faith that it's going to work. Like, I really don't. And, and we're seeing it very, very quickly with with the MLB right now. So we'll see. We'll see how the next couple of
2: weeks for you, like, What do you think, like, um, with the Marlins? Like, when's the next time they see the field? like if all those guys have it like they got a quarantine for i mean i'm assuming two weeks right that's usually what they they say um and and if they're going to miss in two weeks in the in baseball how many games is that i mean it's te- at least 10 games right
3: i mean they're i mean they're barely- I mean, they're bigger rosters. I mean, I don't know if they'll bring new guys in. Uh, I well, mean, that's the they, thing. Like,
2: they're, looking to, they're trying to field a team right now so they continue, can continue to play and bring in, like, new guys that are just capable of, of playing Major League Baseball. You know, so it's one of those things. Like, if you miss, like, X amount of games, if you can't even field a team, like, how could you possibly continue on with the season? I mean, like, they can not, definitely I, feel You the don't team. have any room to make these games up.
3: They can definitely field a team. Um, it's just they, they lost some prevalent players to their roster. We're in uncharted territory, Mark. It's a hard question yeah. to answer. I don't really know, and I don't think Major League Baseball really knows. Like I said, like I think they were so I think they're they were so worried about just getting a product out in the field that they really didn't think that like anything that was going to happen like this this quick. I think they really were thought that their idea of what they did was going to work. And unfortunately, it's just not true. Like it's just the way it is right now. So they got a mess on their hands. They got to try to see if they can yep. figure it out. And they got to hope that that other things don't like this don't happen. But I do think in the short term, what they've done is the right necessary measures. I think canceling these games um, and and figuring out the best measures. Because I, I said, like, you can't have that other team go out in the field and start playing these other teams that they just played in the clubhouse. Like, you can't do that. So you have to go and do whatever you can at this point to make it work. So we'll see. Um
2: I do want to talk about, about, because you had mentioned it, how this is kind of going to affect the NFL. And this is like something that we might see in the NFL because the NFL is going to be traveling just like Major League Baseball is. It's going to be much harder to travel um, in the NFL because those guys, I mean, active day rosters, what, 53-man roster on game day? Um, They start out, you know, I don't know how it's going to look as far as, you know, how many players are going to start on a team because obviously we know that. They have the preseason, you know, four games, which now this year they cut that down to no games. And usually you start out with, you know, I believe it's like almost between anywhere between 90 and 100 players, and you cut down to like 70, then you cut down to 53. So you have these cut down dates. Um, how is this going to, you know, it's, it's tough to say how this is going to look for the NFL. Um, it's going to affect so many players you know guys we had talked about this a little bit pre-show guys that got drafted these late round picks um, that might have to work their way on a team are, are going to be tough to make a roster now and even guys that were drafted high like even like we brought up i brought up joe burrow like joe burrow has going to get no experience he's just going to get thrown into the fire and even you had mentioned his first like eight games is he's got a tough schedule so he's just getting fed right to the lines with no no experience Um, So I think that's going to affect the product of the NFL as well. Um, But as far as it goes, I mean, I know it's tough to say, but I mean, do who are
0: you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep.
1: betterhelp.com slash save got it
2: we even get an nfl season is that one of the things where like if mlb continues to like the downfall they keep sliding down with all these positive tests because of the traveling does the nfl even get started
3: i think it gets started i think 110 yeah. gets started i think that right now they, they've got a layout right now and they've got to be smart about it i think they've got to figure out the best measures that they possibly can to make it work and I think the baseball baseball is giving them an idea of saying that maybe this isn't the proper way to make it work.
2: and what not?
3: <laughs> yeah. If it was me, I would find a few venues and I would kind of like work inside those venues. If you're not going to have fans, what is home field advantage at that point? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, why not have like certain areas of the country, like where, you just decide to have certain games of the week. Like, you know, so I don't don't really know what.
2: It's so tough because now you're talking about having like another, like a bubble situation for the NFL. Like even if you had two bubbles, like say NFC and AFC bubble, it's not like the NBA where the NBA has brought guys down to like their traveling parties between coaches, um, athletic trainers, players. There's only like about 30 people. Where in the NFL, you have 53, not even including your coaches and training staff. So, like, to have, you know, in the NFC, you have 16 teams or whatever it is, and 53, uh, we'll say 53 just because for the sake of just the active roster, 53 players on each team, like, that's still a lot of people in one place. Granted, it's all being, you know, in one bubble, but that's it's a little bit different than what the NBA is doing just because the amount of people.
3: No, I know that. And, I mean, I figure that at this point, like, maybe you trim down the season, right? Like, maybe yeah. you figure out a way to start later. You know, maybe you think that, that that start date isn't as necessary as it was a month ago. Obviously, like, there's so much money on the line, like money, like you talked about, or rules are all like they want to get as many yeah. games as possible. So they're already losing the preseason games. And obviously, as fans, we don't really care about the preseason anyways.
2: No, but, I think we never did.
3: <laughs> but for these teams and these players that we've just talked about, these draft picks, like it's very important to their success. And you're just talking about a lot of these draft picks now that are getting cut. That don't even get a chance to see the field. I, I was t- talking about players that decided not to play baseball that come play ba- to, to come play football, and take a shot at it. They're not even getting a chance at training camp right now because there is no training camp. You know, they they basically did off season Zoom workouts, and that was basically wh- what they were able to show the coaches. So, so, I mean, how
2: much can you really tell in a Zoom workout? Exactly.
3: Right? And and I and I, from what I've heard from like a lot of like uh, scouts, like that. I mean, it's hard to like really. Graphed how a player is transitioning from May to June to July. Like you just really don't know. Like watching them over a computer, it's just really hard to be able to do that. So every everybody's transition is different right now. So we'll, we'll see how it works. But like you said, like there's a lot of people involved per team, and what we're seeing with Major League Baseball, it's tough to travel right now. So it's gonna be hard for them for the NFL to to not get infected by with anybody in the situation. So. Like I said, we'll we'll see how it works out. Yeah,
2: let hope they take notes of the, like, what the MLB is doing and what to do, and not to do. Maybe they can learn some things that that could maybe help them out. Because uh, I, I mean, think, obviously, so it would be great to have an NFL season.
3: The one thing that I will say though is Major League Baseball plays every day, right? So there's yep. a game every day, and these teams are traveling every third day. With yep. football, these guys are playing once a week, so they've got to travel. Maybe maybe make a standard travel day early in the week that mm-hmm. way you get, you get them into uh, get them into wherever they need to be early in the week for uh, yeah. so, like what did they used to do with uh with standard weeks like usually they'd have a couple of days of practice early on in their week at their home stadium and then maybe they travel to Yeah, you would leave, leave on like a by Friday
2: day. or something like that.
3: Like get them out there by like Tuesday or Wednesday. You know, yeah. get them settled, get them started, getting tested. That way they can practice out there at that stadium, get them, get to their reps, get Still them. So, leaves you a couple days to port-
2: practice and walkthroughs and things like that before the game.
3: Absolutely. Like, I, I think that's basically how they have to the trend. So, like, the comparison between Major League Baseball and football is a lot different in that aspect because baseball, those guys are constantly moving around. And I think that's the big, that's the hardest part for them right now. So, football does have a leg up in that aspect. So, I think that's basically what they have to do. Like as soon as that Sunday game's over, I think they got to move on to the next spot and, and then just kind of like stay there and then begin the testing process from that point going forward.
2: Perfect, man. Hey, quick thing before we move into our, uh, our fan favorite segment, the uh, golf betting segment, how are we doing on that swear jar, man? How much money we got in there?
3: $5, dude.
2: Dude, that might, that might be the most amount of swears we've ever had on this show. Believe it or not. I don't yeah, think we've that you're, much. You're, you're
3: yeah, you've got the potty mouth.
2: What are you talking? I mean, I I said, I mean, I'm not. I said I don't want to spell it out. I mean, I'm a 32 years old. I gotta spell out ASS like. I said one F. You think that's a? You, you paid, think that's
3: you a swear word? You paid back a dollar from the last episode, and then you and then you've tallied on quite a yeah. Couple but ones.
2: like, can we talk about my, and, my square word dude, in the last flipped,
3: episode? And you flipped off. I, I didn't even count the double birds that you showed the camera in this episode.
2: Yeah, but dude, that doesn't count
3: i mean we're gonna find out when i talk to my mom this week if it counts
2: do she i told you she needs to come up with a list the do's and don'ts <laughs> <of this. We're laughs> i don't
3: know we'll find out soon
2: <laughs> all right guys hey, let's get into the
3: food bank it's for the food bank
2: exactly so she can't even though she's listening to this or she's hearing a couple of swear words, i don't think she'll be too upset um but we also got to win that bet which we'll do our homework on that we'll, we'll make sure that happens um go tiger Um, Anyways, we're going to get into a little bit of uh, golf. We're just going to recap the 3M Open that we we saw this past week. So we had Michael Thompson uh, finish at 19 under to win. Um, He shot a final round 4 under 67. It was right in the wheelhouse of what we predicted between 15 and 20 under. Um, So we knew that score was going to be high, definitely a lot higher than the week before at the Memorial Tournament. Pretty significant win for him. It's only a second win on tour, uh, but it currently jumps him from 160th in the FedEx Cup points race to 39th in the FedEx Cup points race, which is huge because in a shortened season, you're trying to make the playoffs, the top 125 make the playoffs. So he's basically got that locked up um, as of right now um, to make the top 125. So that's huge for him. A guy that's really not in the FedEx Cup playoffs that much gets that win and he's in to attempt to win that $10 million first place FedEx Cup prize. Um, couple takeaways. takeaways, uh, Tony Finau kind of falters again, just a guy who can't get it done, shoots minus two. Um, I'm sorry, he was only two shots back going into the final round. Um, a lot of people had him pegged to win going in, like being only two shots back. He was playing very, very well the first three days, um, and he only shot out of the players in the top 25, he only shot better than two of the guys, and that was Harris English. Um, and who was the other guy? Richie Who Wawrinski was on fire. The guy, I didn't even know who Richie Rowinski was. This guy comes out on fire, and he kind of blew up. It was kind of his first Sunday in contention, so he blew up a little bit. But Tony Finau, um is one of those guys who just hasn't been able to get it done, um, so he doesn't come through again this week. Um, And then going into our our betting and everything like that, I mean, I think we were pretty there, Steve. Like, we had a lot of guys that finished pretty high and kind of everything that we talked about. I mean, how do you think we did? We didn't cash on an outright winner, but I'd say overall we did – pretty well as far as who we had picked and i definitely had a chance to cash some tickets going into sunday
3: well we'll we'll talk about tony fina first like if you want to start like locking in like the top 10 bets like top 10 bet like tony fina every tournament like i think he has 29 top 10 performances never bet him to win because he's never gonna win but Tony Fino, top 10s, I think t- like 29. And I think the next guy after that, 16. And I think he's only got what, one tour win, Mark?
2: Yeah, he's only got one win. That's it.
3: Yeah, like, you know, so like, like, so now like Michael, Thompson. What-
2: Michael Thompson now has more tour wins than Tony and Tony Fino is what, 13th in the world? Yeah, like, 29 top that 10s makes is sense, ridiculous.
3: Right? Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, the guy's always in contention, but like yeah, there's there's something wrong with him on Sundays. Like he there's there's a serious flaw with him. Like he doesn't know how to close. And he actually started off the round pretty well. And yeah, he just for this for some reason the back nine, he just fell apart again. Um but yeah, I mean, I basically we we talked about Max Holmer earlier in the round. He he surged into contention. Uh Matt Wolf, it's just
2: set up to get me to swear again, isn't it?
3: the the content uh your 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 pick early in the week the uh defending champ Matt Wolf he Matt looked Wolf. like he was going he was going to surge late uh he fell apart kind of kind of what it was um i mean the tournament was was what it was the field wasn't great uh but yeah it was what it was i mean Th- thompson at the top i mean we we basically said it uh he just kind of held on he never yeah. really was he never really was out there like scoring on holes. Everything was just kind of safe plays and he was just kind of paring yeah, out. He like, he wasn't that
2: doing like, that. like he knew he didn't have to attack these pins. He knew he had the lead. Nobody really came and um, took the lead from him throughout that whole final round. So he was never really fully under any, any pressure. And I think, um, and even he said this, I think not having any fans kind of helped him as well, because he's a guy who's really hasn't been in that moment too much. And now you don't have guys, you don't hear these big roars of other people making birdies. You only got to look at the scoreboard on like every hole, every other hole to see where you stand. And you can just kind of take your time, hit your shots, play your game. So uh, for a guy like Michael Thompson, I think it's definitely easier for him to kind of come away with this, you know, and and hang on to this lead. Um, But, with that said, going into this week's um, tournament, we have a WGC event. It's a FedEx St. Jude Classic down in Memphis, uh, Tennessee. And with that said, you know it's a WGC event. Like I said, it's it's got the top golfers in the world. We got forty-eight out of the top fifty golfers, and it's a condensed field. It's only seventy-five um, players there, and everybody makes the cut. Um, so you're going to see a lot of the top-end talent um, this week down there in Memphis. A um, little bit about the course. It's a TPC Southwind is where they play at 7,200 yards. It's a par 70 course. Um, it pays uh, to be long. We've seen a lot of success on this course from guys who can hit the ball long. Um, DJ's won here. Brooks won here last year. Um, Bryson won here. Um, so the guys who can hit the ball long, it definitely favors them. A um, couple of guys, like, I don't really – even though Brooks is the defending champion, I'm definitely not high on him like I was Matt Wolf being the defending champion last week. I just think Brooks is still not hundred percent. Um, I know I don't I don't like him at all this week. This is one of those tournaments where I think you can find a lot of value uh with a lot of guys with higher odds that are still very good golfers. And I'll bring up his name again, like Matthew Wolf. He's eighty to one. You know, so I think there's a lot of value in a guy like him as opposed to your top guys like the Brysons and the Kepkas and the the Dustin Johnsons of the world. Um, how do you see this week kind of uh, kind of playing out betting wise, Steve?
3: Like you said, like this is a 75 person uh, event. Everybody makes the cut, so it's four rounds. So basically, it's consistency matters. And you brought up the past champions: DJs won twice, Burgers won twice, Brooks won. Brooks has also had two top threes. So. We we talked about the last tournament. Um I think we brought up last week. I, I brought up a name Danny McCarthy. Um terrible golfer this year. Um right. He, but 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 he ended up having a great finish uh at the three M last week. And we'll we'll bring up uh, Kevin Strowman early in the year at the Travelers. Finished second to DJ. And he had a great interview after and, and the conversation was like, what's good about this course? Because the prior year he had finished fifth there. And he said, you know, like some courses just meet my eye. Like this course reminds me of a course I, I came up playing when I was younger, you know? So as much as Brooks hasn't been playing well at 30 to one this week, I wouldn't downplay a fact that, you know, like he has to play four rounds, right? Mark. So like he yeah. has to, he, he can find form. So like, it's hard to like.
2: He's so bad, though. Like, you don't think that plays right. cause just because of the course he's playing Like, he hasn't been playing good.
3: But you're not, but but all of a sudden, you're not getting him at 14 to 1, 15 to 1 anymore. You're starting to yes. get him in that mid-tier 30 to 1 now. So, like, <laughs> all of a sudden, like, it's not a terrible play to think about playing him. So, I don't hate him anymore. And, like, past performances say that he's not a bad play. Like, we obviously know that Dustin Justin, uh, Johnson has been playing terrible lately. Terrible. You know, he's, a two, he's, a two, he's a two-time winner. I wouldn't touch him. I wouldn't touch him in thirty foot pole, but would it shock you if he went out and he played great this week? No, no. it wouldn't shock me if he went out. I'm and like I don't really
2: think he's hurt either. Like obviously he withdrew for what? What do you say, a back injury or something like that? Like yeah. I think his feelings were just hurt, not his actual body. With the way he's been playing, you know, we've seen yeah. that time I and time. I think his, I think his lower region. Yeah. I
3: think his lower region was hurting. You know that. That's what I yeah. will say about that. Yeah, so
2: can Polina can deal with that.
3: Yeah, so I I think I think he just wanted to get out of Minneapolis, you know, without scoring another eighty on his scorecard for that weekend. So yeah, you know that's what it is. But like you said, like they're playing on Bermuda greens. Um, it's it's about length of accuracy. So like it's it's clearly the big bombers and uh, have fared well. So Bryson obviously adding another fifty yards to his driver. But Bryson also won this event without being the Hulk that he is. As long so as I wanna- he
2: is. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So I want to bring that up. So like, while he won it two years ago, you don't have to be the guy that he is now. So, Webb Simpson finished uh, second here last year. So I'm looking at a guy like him at 22 to one. I think that he's a solid play. You brought up Matt Wolf. He's in great form right now. 70 to one. I love and I hate that I like him this week. But I brought it up pre-show. I kind of like Patrick Reed this week. Uh, Patrick <laughs> and, and and I don't like Patrick Reed the person. But Patrick Reed, 35-1. to one, He finished 10th at Murfield. And I like guys that have great form uh, coming into a tournament like this, especially when they have to play four rounds. He had a great card. He finished. Oh, I think he finished that Sunday round when everybody was playing terrible. I think he went, was it four under, five under, Mark. Yeah,
2: yep, four under, five under,
3: yep. You know, and and the, thing I, the thing about Patrick Reed is his ball striking can be erratic. But his short game is so elite that it makes up for his ball striking uh, issues sometimes. So in a field where he's got to play four rounds, I know that he's going to score. I know he's going to score. And when I look at these past scores in the last few years and four rounds, you only have to be between 13 under and 15 under to win this event. Mm-hmm. So in theory, I know that he's just going to pull a couple six unders and a couple of good rounds this week. And basically be even to be even in contention. So 35 to 1 for Patrick Reed, I'm kind of indulging with this week. Another guy I'm on, and, and I think I'm just going to stay on him just because I love his iron games is Abraham Answer. 15 to
2: 1. Ride him until he wins.
3: I just think he's just one of those young elite guys, and I just think he's just due for one of those breakout wins. We saw a Murakawa. You're a on Victor Hovland. I just think he's one of those young guys yet yeah, that is just due for a breakout. I thought he played. Not great at Murfield, but who played great at Murfield? Not really anybody, but his scrambling was tremendous. I think that first day, he hit four greens in regulation, but he still managed to get an even round, and yeah. I thought that was incredible. So he's just one of those guys that if he can really just put it together and just get it on the green and just do what he does, he can really be in contention, so I really do like that. So that's where I am. And then my uh, my one long shot that I like uh, this week is Matt Wallace, 100-1. to Matt Wallace has three good starts in a row. You know, I think he just finished T4 last week. You know, another great form player and and I say that like we top 20 play. Like I think it's an easy top 20 play Matt Wallace, so like I said like that's definitely where I'm I'm leaning towards this week. This is going to be a tough field. You know, like Jeez. these are we got we got 45 out of the top 50 players playing in this field this week, so I mean, it's really hard to lay down an outright. What I will say is don't be afraid to look at this, the outrights more towards maybe Saturday and Sunday when you kind of like later in the week. Yeah. When you kind of start seeing where everybody is landing, because I think that's basically where it's going to open up because just remember, everybody's going to be playing four rounds of golf. So by moving day, you're going to see somebody probably go low and get themselves back into it that you're probably not going to expect it. So that's kind of like where I am with it. So, you know, but it's one person that I'm going to be pounding against because we're we're uh, we're stressing it. It's about length and accuracy. Somebody that struggles off with the driving, Jordan Spieth. I'm going to be crushing Jordan Spieth in head-to-heads this week.
2: We talk Guy about struggles- it. Every- we talk about it every week. He struggles with keeping the ball in the fairway.
3: If you can't drive at this course, you're going to shoot terrible. And Jordan Spieth cannot drive right now at all so i'm going to be attacking that that's one play that i'm going to continue to hammer and and i know that i'm going to cash crazy so so that that that's something i know i'm going to be laying in on wednesday night whatever matchup jordan's is in i'm going to be taking so that's what i'm going to be looking at
2: a couple guys um to add on to kind of your outright picks here a couple guys that i like um I like Daniel Berger. He's 28-1. to 1. I think that's some pretty good value for a two-time defending, uh, two-time champion. He won 2016-2017 won the tournament back-to-back. He's clearly in great form this year. He's arguably been the best golfer pre- and post-COVID. Um, he's got a couple of wins. Um, and then we talked about it last week on the show. He's mis- Mr. Consistency. You know he's going to go out there. He's going to score. Um, he drives the ball well. He's not the longest hitter, um, but he puts it really well. So I think if he get the green ball um, on the green of regulation, give him shots, uh, chances at some birdies, um, he'll be able to go low. Like you said, especially with playing four full rounds, I could I could definitely see him up there in the top ten by by the end of the tournament. I mean, that kind of my long shot at 125 to one is uh, Kevin Kisner. So Kevin Kisner's obviously didn't play last week. He's he's had a week off and and he's been doing. Um, he's had some pretty good finishes this year. He's in, he's in pretty good form. Um, He doesn't drive the ball extremely long, uh, but he is very accurate. And as we saw with Bryson a few years ago before he put on all this muscle, you don't necessarily need to drive the ball long. It does help, obviously, but you don't need it. He's a great iron player, and and he can putt. So um, with him being in the fairway a lot and having – Good approaches to the greens. Um, I do like him at one hundred twenty-five to one. I think that's great value for a guy like Kevin Kisner. Only downfall with Kevin Kisner is over the years he's been the best. He's been such a great match play player. He's won the match play, the WGC match play event a few times, um, and he seems to struggle in stroke play tournaments, never really getting those victories. But like I said, at one hundred twenty-five to one, I really like that value there.
3: I'm gonna have the most hateable DraftKings lineup I've ever had in my whole entire life this week. Like. I'm gonna hate all the players that I'm drafting this week. I read an article this week that he, like I hate Ian Poulter. And people and and it's people have said that, like Ian Poulter off weeks off, like when he like goes off and he goes on like a vacation and comes back, like he has like sensational tournaments. And like the numbers back it up when Ian Poulter takes weeks off, like he's always in contentions the week after. Yeah, and he took a week off after. and he's always that guy that you never zone in on. Because mm-hmm. it's because it's Ian Poulter, and then all yeah, of a you don't sudden, really
2: expect him to do much.
3: Yep, and he's eighty like, to one. He's eighty to one, and it's just like, oh, it's Ian Poulter. Ian
2: Poulter's made his name through Ryder Cups. Yep, like you know him for being on the European team, for being outspoken, being the kind of the villain um, for that European team. You don't really remember him for his tournament wins. Nope. You know what I'm saying?
3: But if you look at recent history, he's always in like the top twenties. He's always somewhere in he's always somewhere in contention, like you know. And it's just like he's oh, really
2: consistent golfer. He's for sure. He's a consistent golfer. Yep. So yep. Like in a DFS in a DFS lineup, I could see how he could succeed in that.
3: Yep. So having Ian Poulter and Patrick Reed possibly in the same lineup together is going to to be very very tough to swallow. But it's looking like it's possibly going to happen this week for me because like I I just like the value in both of them. And like you said, in a stacked field, I'm trying to be as contrarian as I possibly can because. A lot of those guys at the top like that you're talking about are probably going to be highly owned and you kind of need to be like I was also looking at another guy and and he's 30 to one and I'm not going to bet him. Um, but I'm not going to be shocked if he has a good performance because I don't know what it is, but these English players right now are playing great. And I'm really liking about Matt Fitzpatrick, another great player, another solid player like him and Wallace have been playing great this year.
1: Really, so far.
2: really good.
3: So, like, he's going to be another guy that I look at this week in the DFS lineup. And so, it's looking at, like Reed, Fitzpatrick, Poulter, and Walls in a lineup. And and it's gross to say out do you loud. Any,
2: do you take any big money guys at all this week? Like, even just one, or you just stay away from them completely?
3: It depends how much I have left over. But I told you... So, you I start told, from the
2: bottom. You pick your bottom guys first, then work your way up.
3: I told you that I've had more success picking lower-salary guys than I had picking higher higher salary guys. The higher salary guys have been the ones that have let me down. It feels like when I have, like, oh, I have 11000 left over. Let me go up and grab this guy because I have this much left. And then all of a sudden, he's the one that lets me down. It's always the guy that you don't expect to let you down yeah. that lets you down. So I'm in, the, to- I'm in the position this week where, like, if I have, like, 2000 left over in salary, like, yeah. I don't even care. I'm not going to spend it. I'm not going to spend it because all these golfers in this golf tournament this week are playing four rounds of golf, right? Like I don't have to worry
2: about like This seems like a week where you're just looking for consistency over everything. You don't want a guy who's going to shoot good on uh, just Thursday and Friday to try to make the cut. You're looking for guys who are going to go out there and shoot four solid rounds of golf. I don't care about the top 10 or top 20 finish.
3: I don't care about a cut this week. So I'm going in there and I'm just worrying about where I think these guys are going to finish this week. And, and if it's, if it's going to, because there's no way that these top golfers are all going to be top five, top 10. It's, you just know it. And I just know it. There's going to be guys at the bottom that somehow make their way up to the top that you're just not expecting. And it's just the way golf is. So like you said, like these golf, golfers that we're talking that are hundred to ones, there's going to be a couple of them that find their way into the top 15. It's just the way it is. And yeah. we know that there's a couple guys that are ranked right now that are just not in good form. Like, I don't think Dustin Johnson should be as h- highly ranked as he is right now, but it is what it is. So we'll see yeah, how it happens.
2: He's but he's a, he, I mean, like we've talked about these sports books are overvaluing these guys just because of their names and like prior finishes. They're not even really looking at how these guys are playing.
3: And man, I'll tell you what, man. Golf Network messed up again. I mean, not, not Golf Network, but uh, the PGA messed up again with the groupings. Like, how hard is it? To put Bryson, Deshambo, and Brooks <laughs> kept in a in a group together, like yeah. like I, miss- I don't know, like like do you not want Thursday and Friday? Like Tigers not playing, guys. Like you're not going to get the ratings. Just if you put these guys in a grouping together, I promise you, people are going to tune in because they're going to oh, want to. People
2: see- are going to watch for sure.
3: And I promise you, like, you might get Brooks to like come out of his shell a little bit. Like if you if, if Brooks was playing with Bryson this week, I would bet Brooks. Because I'd be like, oh, Brooks cares a little more. Like I it would just be Yeah. Like,
2: yeah. I would I mean, although we thought Brooks was gonna come out after he talked a little bit of you know, he was talking some shit to um I don't know what
3: it is. I I just don't know what his issue is right now. I don't know. Yeah. I, I it's there's something after they that, had
2: their back and forth, I thought Brooks was gonna come out blazing like go low he's gonna win some tournaments like i thought brooks was just gonna come out on fire he, i mean he's clearly not right right now he's not 100 for sure there's
3: something there's something definitely off with him i mean but i mean we'll see and like i said like we, we've talked about it and i'll bring up one more name jason day he's gonna play four rounds this week i know he's got a back ailment but he's so consistent like yeah. every round that he's played is consistent so if i know he's gonna play four rounds this week and i know that he's gonna probably card like two under three unders every right? day like that's another name that i might consistently put in dfs lineup i don't think he's gonna win but i don't think he's gonna play terrible but that's a back injury that i think that he that i'm worrying about right now so i don't know we'll see it's a very yeah. tough event to bet it's definitely a very tough event to bet
2: yeah man for sure but i'm glad it's a wgc week man we get the top golfers in the world playing definitely more exciting than watching the michael thompson's and the richie werwinski's of the world battle it out for <laughs> for a, a you- title
3: do you think it's a mistake that Tiger's not playing this week?
2: Yeah, I do. I think. I mean, I think Tiger needs to play. I think it's a perfect tournament for Tiger to play. It's a like the way I look at Tiger's schedule. If he's going to limit his schedule, he needs to play all the WGC events and he needs to play the majors and then like Jack's tournament, which is obviously uh, Muirfield Village, the Memorial, Arnold Palmer's tournament, which already passed. It was you know it's in April or where whenever it is. But those big name tournaments, he needs to play. Um, and I, I just think he needs to play just to get back in form. I mean, he hasn't played tournament golf since he played Muirfield, you know, the Memorial, but that's it. Other than that charity match, like this would be the perfect opportunity for him to get back in form for next week. Cause we, obviously we know he's playing the PGA. It's a major, Um, but it's I mean, I mean, you just expect to come off. I mean, I get he's Tiger Woods and, and I wouldn't be surprised if anything happens, but like in his head is like, is he just expecting to just hop off the couch and win a major championship? And that's coming for you, a fanboy. Like, there's
3: no way that I think Tiger Woods is going to win the PGA Championship next week. No, I don't think he's
2: going to win either. But like, he's Tiger fucking Woods. (laughs) Like,
3: (laughs) I don't even have another dollar next to me, dude. Dude,
2: I'll Venmo you, and you throw in the dollar. (laughs) But like, he's Tiger Woods, man. Like, if he comes out and wins the PGA Championship, like, like a lot of people weren't really that surprised he won the Masters last year.
3: Yeah, but he was playing a lot before then.
2: He, was, he, he was so he was hurt prior to his champ, his tour championship victory, and then he won the tour championship, which has a field of thirty players.
3: Yeah, like but, he had, yeah but he tour. had to earn his way into that tour championship to be able to play that tour championship. Correct.
2: Yeah, but he didn't have to do much. Like he played one event before that. I believe he missed that year. He missed a couple of playoff events. He missed the first two playoff events. But he
3: had to get high finishes to get into that tour championship.
2: Yeah, but there's four playoff events. He missed the first two, which means he wasn't playing because he was hurt, and he played one and played okay, and then he won the Tour Championship. So, I mean, he was playing okay. I guess he won, but it wasn't a big field. Do you know what I'm saying? It's definitely he was, not like he, was, he was
3: He was definitely trending in the right direction.
2: I mean, and I guess anybody who wins a golf tournament is trending up, right? It's
3: definitely, and it's Augusta. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's exactly different.
2: He knows Augusta.
3: But it would have been nice to see him after the way he finished the other side Tiger
2: bleeping woods Steve no I know he, that but like I said he like you mean he, any golf tournament but I don't think he, he's like I said I don't think he's just gonna And I don't think he's on the couch like I literally don't think he's on the couch and not he's practicing he's out there every day playing in Jupiter at, at home doing his thing he's getting ready for the tournament in other ways um but this just it's different than actually being out there and playing tournament golf and actually going head-to-head with somebody
3: is he allowed to be at the venue already practicing probably all right, so
2: then he do the, he, he's, he's Tiger be. The Woods. How many times do I got to say it? He could do no, it. No so he
3: should be at. The, so he should be at the venue practicing. practice. Yeah,
2: I mean, I'm sure he'll probably go there this, probably this week sometime to check it out.
3: Yeah, I mean, and he's probably yeah.
2: he's played it before. So I mean, I, like, you know what I'm saying?
3: No, I get it. I just was like all I said, like I'm, I'm just glad surprised. you understand. I'm just surprised that he's not playing in an event that's a stacked. That's all.
2: Me too. And like, competitive wise, you think? Come out and just kick kick the crap out of these guys, right?
3: It's not even like kicking the crap; it's just knowing that he's going to get four rounds of golf. And you know what I'm saying? Like, like there was no cut line, dude. I almost it.
2: said I almost said shit, but I don't know if that's going to be considered a swear word, so I was a little cautious there. I don't know if you, know if you noticed that.
3: I, I all I know is since I brought this this jar out, like your profanity is going through the roof. Like you never this profanity. I know. I, I know. It's no,
2: out of you. you did a little bit bring it out of me, but then you talked about helping. You know, families eat and kids eat and everything like that. So, like, I well, love I mean It, only, it only, only helps understand. if Tiger
3: wins the Masters in November, right?
2: I don't – I mean, <laughs> are we taking Tiger to win the Masters?
3: I don't know. We're going to see how much money is in this jar at, for at us. At this point. We're, we're, we're trending. We're tre- we're tre- we're tre- we might have multiple picks by this
2: we point. We actually right? – I was going to say we might actually have to take our own advice and bet multiple outrights.
3: I don't know. Like, at this point, like, there's going to be, like, a lot of money on Tiger wins yeah. from that, November, and it's all yeah. going to be coming from
2: you. Yeah, you're welcome that's all i can say i'm gonna say you're welcome right now
3: all i can think about is like when i was younger my mom had me i used to say ain't all the time and she actually had me write. i will not say ain't anymore i will not say ain't like i was in my room and it was it, like
2: it, kind of write it on the blackboard dude
3: it kind of reminded me of the uh the bart simpson uh in, in the simpsons uh episode like when he's on the chalkboard and he's writing this yeah, and yeah, thing. yeah, like, yeah it, it reminded it. me of that like this is kind of like what this is right now. Like, you know, this is, this is, I, I can't swear. Like it's in my head now. Like it won't allow me to do it, but, but you can like, clearly like you can't help yourself now. So
2: dude, I mean, first of all, let's just put this into context here. I was explaining a segment. So I had to say it. Right. And then he put one in from last week where I had to say it because I was explaining something else. Right.
0: Sure. No, so like, I, not like I'm just like, I it's not just
2: bet. like I'm out here saying f this f that, you know. Come on, but man. Let's this, put this in the context. But this, but this I'm not I'm not a potty mouth. like
3: you, you, went off the rails.
2: I mean, I said ass, but I didn't even know if I was allowed to say that or not.
3: Well, you still I, said it.
2: I know, but like that could be considered not a swear word. I mean, what does Eileen <laughs> consider swear or not all, swear? all
3: I know is I'm gonna get like a text message tomorrow, and it's gonna be. The swear words, and it's going to be how much each swear word costs.
2: <laughs> yes, and that would be unbelievable.
3: Yeah, it's going to be expensive. All
2: right. I hope Eileen's watching this or listening to this. you got homework to do.
3: <laughs> you don't want She's that homework. homework.
2: She you has got homework. You
3: don't want that homework. <laughs> Trust me on that. All mind. right, man.
2: How do we end our first swear jar? Uh, how do we end? What is it,
3: $6? Yeah, It's expensive.
2: All right, this is an expensive episode, but that's going to about wrap it up uh, for today. Uh, once again, before we do head out, I want to talk about RxHemp uh, Be one more last time. Um, go to RxHemp.com, check them out. They get a bunch of CBD products um, for a bunch of aches and pains and everything like that. Use the code RxHemp-USN. You can save 10% off your whole order, um, so you got a great discount there. Um, on Twitter, make sure you guys give us a follow. Um, at Love the Game MB is my handle. Steve is at SLewis5656. We're going to be posting our plays. Obviously, didn't give you guys any head to head matchups because they're not posted yet, but stay tuned to our accounts because we're always posting head to head matchups there. Um, so hopefully we can help you guys win some money. Um, and until next time, man, we'll talk to you next week on another episode of For the Love of the Game. Peace, guys. Ciao. Thanks for tuning in to episode 21 of For the Love of the Game. Make sure to give myself a Mark Belville a follow at LoveTheGame underscore MB on Twitter. And also my co-host Steve Lewis a follow as well at S Lewis5656. Five, six, five, six. We'll be posting updates with the show and of course as always our betting picks as well to hopefully put a little bit of money in your guys' pocket. If you listen to this in podcast form, Please rate us and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on. We are on all platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. So wherever you are listening to your podcast, we are on there. We really appreciate the feedback and it only helps us do better with the show. Uh, con- Constructive criticism is always the best. We really appreciate you guys listening and we'll talk to you guys next week on another episode of For the Love of the Game.
1: Give the gift of well being with Spa Finder, the world's best selling spa gift card, and the perfect gift this holiday season. From family members and friends to those last minute coworker or client gifts, Spa Finder gift cards are a convenient and thoughtful option you can't go wrong with. The Spa Finder Network includes thousands of spas, salons, and fitness studios all over the U.S. With services like massages, blowouts, mani-pedis, even yoga. Or check out the Spa Finder Wellness Shop to buy skincare, beauty, and wellness apparel from the comfort of home. With Spa Finder, the possibilities are endless. Gift some me-time to someone you love. And pick one up for yourself along the way. Go to SpaFinder.com podcast15 to save 15% off gift cards of $100 or more or enter the promo code PODCAST15 at checkout.